I'm okay. How are you doing? <laughs> that the, the first part didn't sound that good. You're like, uh. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well for a Sunday night. <laughs> Samesies. Yeah. I literally just got done watching the movie. Yes. These last couple have been just like, because there's so many shorts, obviously, A through M, or A through Z, A through Z. It's been like, a, it's been a thing. Definitely watching them all, processing them all, note taking. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, same here. I, I I usually don't even take notes, but yeah, I've been trying. I've been trying because like sometimes I'm afraid I'm get, get them confused or not remember them straight. So, but I'm like, oh, next week will be a, a regular anthology again. <laughs> yep, three or four stories, maybe five. Get crazy, but other than that, no. not not twenty six stories. What you been watching? Um, I went to see Black Phone this weekend. Oh my God! Spoiler free. How was it? Uh, spoiler free. Okay, I I feel like I'm like on the fringe with this. Is that I think it's good. I don't know though if it's like the best of the year. No, I see. I'm like torn. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. So spoiler free is that modern day horror because I, I don't equate like you know 70s 80s 90s because like our nostalgia pull for some of those movies is like so strong so when i say modern day horror i think of like 2010 later yeah is that i think that for me personally i'm talking for me personally when it comes to modern day horror i think a five-star modern day horror is like hereditary yeah um, I think a solid four for me is Get Out. Um, X is a solid four. Um, for me, when I went in there, I was expecting a five. I was like gun ho all the read-ups. And I, I don't know if I just built myself up too much, but I came out thinking it was like a three and a half, four. Never expect a five. That's what you did wrong. Yes. And I think I expected a five. Um, limited gore, like, uh, more psychological on lines of like Silence of the Lambs. So don't go in thinking you're going to see like a horror in the gore aspect. It's more psychological. It's more, um, it's kind of like what I, what I say about it follows. You're just constantly elevated and concerned, but there's, there's not a lot of just, there's not a lot of horror aspects that I, I, I see. Great story. Performances were awesome. The kids were awesome. Like everything was like everything it should have been. But I was like, I guess I was looking for a a touch more horror aspects to it. I see. So I know it's like a a very like controversial because, you know, Scott Derrickson, everyone's like on bated breath, you know, and it's all the things. And so... I don't know if I'm, I'm on the fringe with it, but it's just, you know, it's, again, you're also dealing with kids. So how much can you really do to kids? Like, it's not, it's, 
the whole thing is surrounded by, you know, a kidnapper. So, you know, I'm sure there's like limitations to that in, as well. But um, I loved it. Rewatchability, all, all that's there. Just didn't really hit it for you, did it? It didn't, it didn't like, um, you know, you get Ethan Hawke, but you like want, like Ethan Hawke gives you a seven and you're looking for like a nine. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like right there. And, but again, great movie. Great. I went on a date. It was an awesome date movie. Uh, the kid, when the, the sister Gwen gave like much needed elements of like humor. Cause it was a very, just like, you know, you're, you're constantly like on edge in the whole movie. So she gave like much needed, like humor elements that gave you a relaxation during the movie. Um, the kids were great. The seventies vibe was great. So everything was positive about it. I think I just wanted something along with the storyline, just a little more gore. A little bit more, and I would be interested to see what you'd have to say if you're gonna, if you have any plans. Are you waiting to see it on when it's, at, you know, on streaming, or are you waiting to see it in the theater? I probably won't make it to the theater, but I'm definitely gonna make it a priority because I, like I said, I blow sinister all the time. Yes, and I, you know what? And it's like, is it on par with sinister? Like, then that's up for debate too. Like, um, I just think that it's just. Believe me when I say it's a solid story, solid character development, all the things, but you just want like maybe a touch more blood, a touch more uh, that aspect of it. Like you're missing what makes it a horror as, as opposed to like a psychological thriller or suspense. You, 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 you kind of like blur the line a little bit. I get you. I got you. And that's the most spoiler phrase I can do. And it's like, and maybe I went in there with, I did go in there being like, yes, yes, yes. You know, best movie of the year. And that was probably what I shouldn't have done. You yeah. know. I'm sorry you didn't get your Halloween Ends trailer. <laughs> no, it did not get the Halloween Ends trailer. And I was waiting there too. I was like, this is it. And then I'm like, well, Crystal, is it? Maybe it's for Nope. Maybe that will happen there. Um, but yeah, didn't get the Ends trailer. But again, it was a solid film, though. Good. But I was waiting every single, every single. Uh, there was a, there was a um, a long form nope trailer in there that was really good. I don't. That was to... that was with us with a say. I need to find out how fucked we are at Halloween ends. <laughs> well, I was listening to a few podcasts, and it's like. There's been no public screenings of Halloween Ends, which gives the impression that when Jason Bloom watched it, he gave the edits that he, you know what I mean? Like, because the, re- the reshoots were scheduled after his viewing of it. So was he unhappy? Because there was no public screenings of it. It's never like, a good, it's never a good idea or good Sign when they don't when they don't screen it for critics. Yeah, they just screened it for I guess like the production house, but like so, you know, and then automatically going to, to reshoots. Now it could just be, you know, filler shots, sequence shots that they're doing. But then again, it's like now there was reshoots for 2018. I think 2018 ended up being a solid movie. 
there was a dip for end for kills because everyone kind of like was like uh kills had a lot of like just nonsense mob mentality stuff but uh i don't know i mean he pretty much went on record saying that they're done with with halloween as as like you know blumhouse but halloween is not ending with them so i don't know how they're gonna leave it yeah malika cod who i believe owns the, the rights if he's just like his daddy then yeah they're never gonna end it it's a money machine yeah, I have a, I mean, I came to terms with the fact that, like, my quintessential final girl, Laurie Strode, is dying. So I came to terms with that uh, a few months ago. I'm like, yeah, Crystal, just get over it. I mean, she's probably going to die. And it's her third time. She's got to be used to it by now. I mean, she's had, all, I mean, she's come back from the dead, like, more times than a phoenix, right? So yeah. I feel like it's her time. And I, I'm, I'm actually kind of just bummed because... They kind of started this whole thing with like Allison and the, you know, well, Karen, you know, for the most part is assumed to be dead after it kills, but like Allison is like this really great developing character, kind of like Laurie Strode 2.0 working. And it's like, if Blumhouse loses it, it's like, is that whole storyline gone? It's like, ugh, that's even like a bummer. No, no. I, what, the, the funny part is that once you delete the, uh, she's a sister thing then Jamie Lee Curtis really oughtn't be involved because he just kind of picked her yeah and then it becomes just like you know she's just another victim yeah I don't yeah. know I still love the series I truly do but I really wish this this trilogy would have worked out a little bit better I, and I'm I know I'm counting the eggs before they're hatched but I I got I got bad feelings about ends yeah I worry because the the, the franchise however it's my favorite has is just been like peppered with so much disappointment with like storyline and timeline discrepancies that it's my only assumption that this will end horribly but it's just i'm praying for the best and hoping for moderately the best <laughs> you know just like just enough to like appease the fans but again like there's just so much fractions of fans and horror that you're not going to please everybody it's just impossible truth and that's why <laughs> less hard on certain franchise entries is because you know once you've gotten what we've gotten which is like two rob zombie movies and then a, a essentially failed trilogy then you're like oh let's take another look at curse maybe it's not that bad and it's not that bad yeah i know or the buster rhymes like <laughs> yeah i still don't hate that i know that's sacrilege but i and you know what i th- i read is that here's why test groups and screenings can be absolute shit as well is because after screening the Halloween with Busta in it, the feedback was more Busta rhymes and they went back for reshoots to add more scenes with him. Oh my Lord. So that was the feedback from the screening, which isn't necessarily full of Halloween fans necessarily. It's just full of just moviegoers. And there was responses. We love him more of him. So <laughs> they can also work in your not in your favor as well. I mean, he's a good artist, but yes, <laughs> I don't know. We will shut down the weekly Halloween book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what, have you, what have you been watching? Let's see. I got some nineteen eighty ones out of the way. I watched Alligator last night, which I oh, loved. I saw. I saw that post. You were you were you were watching that. Yep. 
And then Deadline I watched this morning, which was pretty good. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty obscure. If I'm just getting to it, it's pretty obscure. Huh. Where did you you find it? On, like, YouTube? Yeah, Tubi. Yeah. Okay, Tubi. Okay. That's where you got to watch some of the Vinegar Syndrome releases, because you you, you watch them first and then make sure they're worth the 20 bucks. Yeah. No, no. I've been finding really great ones on YouTube. Uh, and then uh, 2B is also, yeah, amazing. Oh, yeah. I, and I downloaded two other ones so I could get two other 1980s segments in. But I don't, I'm just doing my part. And then I watched um, Fried Berry for, for my horror movie group. And that was fun. And I watched. And again, I'm not even familiar with that one either. Oh, it's on Shutter. It's a Shutter original. How is that? I've, you know, I've long, I've clicked on to some Shutter originals. And I've just clicked out of a couple of them because I'm just like, it just seems like I it was like a senior year project kind of video a couple times. And I'm like, ugh, I wish it was better. But like, are, was it good? Yeah, I liked it. I for some did, reason I did, did, it, did it did it feel did it feel like schlocky? Um, no, it was genuinely well. It's from a, a guy from South Africa named Ryan Kruger. It's really good. I it's, should try them out. I should try better ones then. I kind of just go with like my gut, and a couple of them have just been like, you know, ten minutes on, then like I shut them off. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, of the ones I've seen, um, Terrified is awesome, and um, frick, what else did I say? I liked Boar, but I like killer creatures movies anyway. And uh, Ty- I need, I need frick. to get on Shutter more. Yeah, Tigers Are Not Afraid is great. A little light on the horror, but I, I liked it. I watched uh, first, was it First Kiss? What's that horror? What's that like vampire, almost like Twilighty Netflix miniseries, eight episode thing? Ugh, I don't know. You lost me a vampire. <laughs> I know, and I'm not a vampire. Like, listen, I, I, I know about Twilight, but I'm one of those people who are like, I did not see Twilight. I'm one of the few people in my age bracket who has not seen it. And this one looked fun. It was like one family's a legacy vampire family and one family's a legacy vampire, like our monster hunter family. The, uh, the two main like protagonists in the group end up falling in love. One of the vampire legacy and one from the, the vampire or the monster killer legacy. They both fall in love with each other in high school. And the families like are at war. It wasn't a bad eight, you know, it was eight short episodes, but I mean, it was relatively good. I don't know a cliffhanger, but you know how Netflix is. Is it coming back? Is it not coming back? Is it coming back in like two oh, years bro. from now or what? You know, that's why I usually don't do Netflix shows. <laughs> yeah. I got sucked in and we ended up like binging it. My roommate and I for about, you know, two days straight and went through them all. We're like, okay, this is pretty good. It has right about right amount of action, horror, suspense, romance, if that's your sort of thing. <laughs> I just need the title. I think it's like first kiss, first bite. Uh, <laughs> I wish I, uh, I. I'll have to. I'll have to send it to you on a text. I, I cannot remember it in for the life of me now, of course, because this was like two weeks ago. But like, we we end up binging it, and it was first. Oh, someone's probably like out there, like you don't know any of it. 
Yeah, our fan is really <laughs> really really pissed right now. I, I yeah. want to say like first, like because every title was like first betrayal, first this. It was like so whatever's in the title was first. I have to listen, look it up on my on my recently viewed. But it was first something. <laughs> I have to okay. send it to you. Okay. But it's that like works. it's really light. It's not hard to follow. There's like great vampire lore. And I'm not usually like a vampire like thing, a person that seeks out vampire movies. But it was fun. It was like it was cute, modern day, a light watch. I like a vampire movie if it gets good and bloody, like Lost Boys uh, from Dust Till Dawn. And yeah, Near- this one's about a girl who's in high school and her first, her parents are egging her on for her first kill to have like the like ceremonial thing about a vampire's first kill, and the, it's it's pretty good. It's it's it, there's a lot of like vampire lore in it that I'm not familiar with because again, like when I was a kid, like I gotta be honest, I mean, kid like six seven eight of course like when i was should have been watching horror movies um dracula vampire movies were like what scared me the most really yes like that was the monster that scared me the most did you have one growing up that like scared you was it a werewolf like you know that's weird none of the none of the infamous monsters ever really scared me my my was like um the only ones that still intimidate me to this day is Candyman. Okay, so like almost Jeep. like almost like a like you know Bloody Mary kind of like like urban legendy kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe it was just how I grew up. But then the Creeper from Cheaper's Creepers, that motherfucker, still scares the shit out of me. Yeah, and my thing was that when I was little, my parents used to like watch midday, like um, like Elvira would have, and we lived in California where there was like midday Elvira and like. She would show like these, even if it was like 70s or 80s horror movies, like Lost Boys scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I mean a kid kid. And it was, you know, just it was just one of those things that the way that they could hypnotize you, mesmerize you, uh, the idea of them sucking your blood and you're still living. It just was like when I was a kid, it just was like the most frightening thing in the world to me. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess it's just the Twilighty stigma. That, yeah. That- no, and, the Twilight I never watched because I don't need any of that fufu. Like, yeah, weird. Like, I fell in love with him, and I mean, they're all like so paley ghosts that you just know that they're like something's wrong with him. Either he's anemic or he's a vampire. Like, <laughs> and once they and once something gets mainstream like that, then it feels like it's been co-opted. Like, I don't give a shit about zombies anymore. I don't care about vampires anymore because it's all mainstream now. Yeah, that- vampires annoy me. Or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, zombies. Yeah, I feel like it's just done to death. Yeah, and then that, and all they do is like, here's a different spin. How about they're vampires but also gangsters? That do anything for you? It's like, no, write something fucking original. Or you get the real like jump the shark thing where like I fell in love with a zombie, like you know, like the love story zombie yeah. movies. And you're yeah. like, okay, what? Like, <laughs> there's there's musicals on 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 disney plus right now called zombies and they're cute but it's it's just i think i think we've reached the precipice here i think we need to back off yeah there's there it's gotten so ingrained in our like 
society or especially like in this genre is that you don't even give the backstory anymore zombies oh there's zombies we know exactly what happened there was a there was a virus okay now you don't have to explain anything anymore we just know we know what happened like even like even when it came to like sadness the movie sadness on shutter you got the story about two-thirds of the way in because at some point you're like, we know the story about zombies. There was a virus, there was an outbreak, and then, you know, there's zombies. I'm hearing that it's more like a 28 days later, later scenario where they're not really zombies, but they kind of, like, behave. Ab- yeah, like, well, this one is more like it attaches to some sort of part of your brain, so you're completely aware of your actions, but you're almost just uncontrollably acting on your urges like oh, whatever for, yeah, whatever like, that whatever that is it's like a hardcore version of mayhem do you remember that movie yes uh-huh and it's it's it, it was they're completely aware of their of what they're doing so there they are zombies but they are aware but they're uncontrollably acting so there is like elements of everything in there have you have you watched it yet you know me. I can't. I. It's not made in 1980. <laughs> I know. And believe me, that is like a. You'd be like, Daddy's going in the room for a while to watch a movie. You guys cannot come in here while I watch this, <laughs> because your kids yeah. will be scarred for life if they caught any glimpse of this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They they want with me, but this isn't like a walking in on like an 80s like you know, kind of like campy. You know, and this is this, this was so shocking, but like, I'm glad I saw it. But again, it was super shocking and almost to the point where you're like, is this done for shock? You know, it was just, but again, another, you know, highly acclaimed kind of new kind of zombie movie. But I, I'm interested to see what you think about it I like when, you, when you get around to watching it. In a couple of years, I'll give you. <laughs> yeah, when it gets to be maybe 20 years old vintage. Maybe That's then. <laughs> right. I need to make sure that it, it stays good. Yeah. Any good, but movies got to stay good. And that takes about 20 years, and you all can fucking watch them for me, and I'll figure yeah. it out. I'll be here watching movies from the 80s like I always do. Are, are you packed? Packed? Packed and ready. Oh, for right now? Yeah. Yes, I'm 100% ready. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yes. I'm 100% ready. It's time for the 22 minutes in intro. Yes. <laughs> so let's say chicka chicka choo choo. All aboard. <laughs> Almost midnight. A horror anthology podcast. I'm Mr. Cleaver. And I am Crystal Fear. And we are covering this, the ass end of the ABCs of Death part two. Yes. ABC squared, because this is like our now our second ed- <laughs> the second edition of 26. <laughs> yes, it is. It's part two, part two. Let's do it. Yes. Um, we start out with N because we just, we finished with M, which was amazing. Yeah. But um, N was Nexus, and uh, a man dresses Frankenstein. I guess he's like hurrying to meet his girlfriend, who's dressed as the bride of Frankenstein. So obviously, it must be around a Halloween time, and like it'll be like New York City. Um, basically, Booby right off the top. Oh yeah, exactly. Like. Almost like you're like, wait, what's happening? Like she, you know, and then she's like, you ready? You ready? And I'm like, wait, what's happening? So I guess they're meeting for a party, but I guess they like, you know, 
they were video chatting before and she was just topless during it it showed kind of like you know a uh pov kind of or like he was you know gopro-ing wearing a gopro but face towards him showing him making his way through you know what appears in new york city and you see the girlfriend waiting on her area for him to come around he's on a bike making his way through the city uh she kind of talks to another person dressed up as like um a kid was in a skeleton costume i think the dad was in a was he pirate. pirate and they're talking kind of flirting in a weird way but talking and chatting and you see a woman who is in a cab who is just like berating a cab driver about his driving how slow he is hurry up make this like get here come on come on come on come on so eventually the cab driver who is completely distracted hits the frankenstein uh character throws him from his bike it's a pain a child as well the same one that the that the girlfriend was chatting with on the same street corner and killing them both in the in the middle of this intersection you see the you know cab driver the the, the girlfriend's crying the the cab driver who um the the passenger in the cab was upset the father was upset at the kid and it just showed basically like them basically killing everybody from his distraction driving behind the wheel what do you think um i thought this was pretty good um i can say from being in cabs in new york and philadelphia that that's a pretty accurate thing they're doing everything but driving yeah. um like they're on their phone they're eating food they're like they're talking to people like so yes i felt there was a lot of real to this um i thought it was good i thought it was a you know i gave it two two and a half i wasn't wowed but i thought it was like i thought it was pretty solid i i gave it three and this is from the u.s and it's directed by let me know if you've heard of this gentleman named larry fezenden no you might be more familiar with his acting than his directing and what was he, he in he acted in your next he was the first victim okay then i know i know exactly what you're talking about yep yep and he was in i sell the dead which is super awesome but he also directed a bunch of indies that are really really good like uh he did wendigo and the last winner and beneath and he did a frankenstein movie called depraved it seemed like very um like almost like he was like the, the way the camera was focused on the guy who was like the main character the frankenstein character who's driving through the city meeting his girlfriend it seemed very vloggy it seemed very you know present day it seemed good yeah i i think that the, how i interpret it was it's just like all these different things add up and then right at the nexus of all the activity is a tragedy you know unfortunately yeah it was it was definitely a sad too yeah but, it was sad. yeah but i thought it was good of course like when all the worlds collide at one time it was just great you start me with boobies and you're in you're in a good spot but <laughs> of course you know. i know i will i started i was like we're starting with this already because i i had paused the movie right where we had stopped last week so i had no idea what was next what the next scene was and yes. i'm like oh, okay <laughs> if only that was the most um depraved thing on our docket yeah i know <laughs> the next is always for i'm gonna murder this word Occlocracy. But it's in parentheses, mob rule. 
a clockocracy. I don't know. A I can't even pronounce it. But it was like, and I feel like, was it from Japan, right? Let me take a gander. It was indeed. Okay. And basically, Kana was uh, the woman's name, and she was put on trial by zombies, speaking of zombies, yes, for her murderous rampage against them, which I thought was, like, really cute and meta kind of thing. Um, even, like, she even shot her own daughter when she was bit, and uh, Mai was her daughter's name, and she, you know, she kind of claimed self-defense, and her daughter's like, it was self-defense, but you enjoy doing it. Um, she's on trial with all these basically a kangaroo court full of zombies putting like real humans on trial for their atrocities towards zombies and uh, and she gets sentenced to death and she gets electrocuted and while she's being electrocuted she comes back as a zombie as well as several other people who were killed prior to her came back as zombies um, and it looks like then she, cause she like, vowed to kill them and vowed to come back and get them and she opens her eyes and kind of like looks like she changed into being a zombie and she was going to fulfill her like, I'll kill you, you know, vendetta. Yeah. Yeah. I gave this one a three. Yeah, I gave it a four. I thought it was kind of cute. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the spin on it. Like the, the judge was funny in it. Uh, just like screaming death and like yeah. just it was it was very just fun and different take on it and of course like where it showed them in charge and and you know humans on trial so far the asian entries this and this one have really stepped up i i don't i'm not i don't care for the last one we'll talk about but all, all the ones so far have been great yeah i i enjoy this a lot um i this one next one was like p is for put 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 scary Oh yeah, this is the one that I dreaded talking about because I'm like, I, I don't know. know. And I thought it should have been as P is for prosthetics because the noses on these characters were like horrendous. Like, I was like, can we have said prosthetic maybe? Like, because it was like, it was a weird kind of like campy like callback to like olden times, like black and white like horror, but you know, it was so weird. It was so odd. Um, you know, three guys making their way through this dark void by candlelight. They find a man with a baby. He begins dancing. Uh, and as he's dancing, he blows the candle out on the main character several times. And each time he relights the candle, one of his friends has been, is dead. Uh, the baby no. has like a grown man's face. Like, it's very weird. Yeah, you're doing you're doing about as good a job of describing that as I. Yeah, it's very hard to even like form the words for it, but it was like, you know, he blows up the candle once, his one friend dies. He right lights it. He sees that his friend is like basically like you know dissolved in the goo. The guy blows the the dancing guy blows the candle out again. His other friend dies and you know dissolves the goo. Goo um, lights the candle again. The man holds the baby with like a disturbing old man's face to it. They blow the can off the, the fourth time or the third time. And your, I guess your assumption is that the main character, the main person dies. But it was a very odd. I gave this one a one. Oh, yeah? You gave this one a more than a one? Uh, two. Not far two. behind. Okay, because I, I was so thrown off by this one. 
I yeah, I know this is such a weird one. I was I was like, as you were getting ready to talk about, it, I'm like, the best part of my day is gonna be listening to her try to make sense. And and believe me, I was like trying to write down some sort of like synopsis, and I was like, the acting was horrendous. Like they had stuttering, which I understood the put 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 scary. I guess that was like their like speech impediment, maybe like stuttering aspect of their. They each had like weird stutters and like uh, speech impediments, but like it was just, I don't know, it was odd. It was campy, odd, weird. Yeah, from the US, not a big fan. (laughs) Yeah, just different and different and completely different. Spoiler alert of the next one, though. uh, Yeah, I gave the next one a solid four. Yes. Um, Q is for questionnaire. And it's a fun little a guy sitting at this like you know tent, and he's doing this questionnaire, and it's for you know intelligence, and um, he's answering the questions all right, and it's these great like you know, you know those like you know IQ questions that have like the is so and so is this much taller, and there there's this much how much taller is Cindy than Joe, and it's like all those intelligent questions. He's answering them all right. He's going through them all correctly. He aced the test. But while he's taking the test, it's like flashing to like these scenes of him getting scalped by these uh, doctors. And uh, the final scene is like she shows that she's basically impressed with his, you know, his knowledge. Does he want to hear more about like job opportunities? Like, well, I'm all about opportunities. And the final scene is showing him getting scalped and his brain being removed and being transplanted to a baboon body. Into a gorilla, yeah. Yeah, into a gorilla, yeah. Isn't that? It's I like it. It's so, it's so nice and dark, but kind of funny too. Yeah, and I think it's funny because like we often transplant like when it, the baboon hearts and things like that through like operations and things. And I thought it was funny showing the other way around. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, and thought about that. That's 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 neat. Yeah, it just sort of completely like, obviously it was like it, it also um they they kind of like sold it as a, a job opportunity, but you know, it's not. It's just it was a really fun short. Have you ever heard of Rodney Asher? No. He this is the only thing I know of that he directed that isn't a documentary, but he is a terrific documentarian. He he did Room 237. Oh, I've seen that. For uh, The Shining, I've seen that. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I think he, I saw that on, on uh, YouTube. And then he did a sleep paralysis documentary called The Nightmare, which is amazing. Oh. If you get also, watch. sleep paralysis is one of those things that, like, it, like, freaks me out. Watch The Nightmare. It is terrific. Then I should watch that, yeah. Because I do know it's Room 237, but Sleep Paralysis? Yep. What was it, what was it called, the title? The, the Nightmare. The Nightmare. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. That's awesome. That's one of those things that I get afflicted with, like on a semi-regular basis. Ugh. I don't. I don't think I allow myself to fully go into REM, and I think that's where I get stuck. I don't know. I think that once you've mastered it, you could you probably be okay. But a lot of people get stuck in a really awkward place, and it's really frightening. Yeah. And I've I've done that where I I think I fall asleep with the TV on, this that and the other, and I. There's been times that like I like will refuse to sleep in a position, thinking that I might possibly put myself in a sleep paralysis like situation. 
Oh yeah, that's for, that's one of those things I'm like super freaked out about. For people who don't know, sleep paralysis is essentially your brain releases a chemical to paralyze your body as you're sleeping. It kind of stops you from acting out your you know your dreams and such. And uh, some people have what I would call glitches in their in their sleep patterns where they they can become awake and aware, but their body is still fully paralyzed. Yeah, and I've had where I am fully aware of the television, things going on around me, but I feel like I can't move or pull myself out of it. Oh, yeah, and naturally that helplessness, it breeds um, paranoia. And so your your brain starts playing tricks on itself. It's, and you feel like you're going to be attacked or something's going to happen to you because you can't yeah. do anything. And then it's the, like it's it's one of the most freaky things that like I think that happened to me on a I could say semi regular basis, but like at least once every like two three months it happens, and that's enough for me. <laughs> that is enough for me. Maybe you shouldn't watch it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I just make sure I go to sleep very calm. Maybe don't have the TV on. Uh, I feel like certain things trigger it too, which is weird. Like just like, you know, I don't allow myself to fully go under. I don't I don't know what it is. That's too bad because you really do need your REM sleep. That's where you get <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh R is for roulette, which I gave a f- solid four stars on this one. Absolutely. From Aus- Austria. Yes, and it's Michael, Nina, and Klaus, which is a great um Austrian name. Yeah. Are are in a basement playing Russian roulette, and they each there's one there's one bullet in the chamber, and they each take their times shooting, shooting, shooting. Five times, nothing goes off. So the sixth time, the husband I'm assuming the husband of of Nina is what I'm gathering is that Michael and Nina are a thing. Is that uh, he knows that he knows that the bullet's going to be off for him. They exchange their "I love yous." Next thing I know, he shoots nina instead of doing the doing the motion of killing himself through being the russian roulette and um as the noise goes off klaus checks he hears rumbling and noises upstairs michael goes well maybe things won't be that bad and klaus goes well we're about to find out so i think this one is amazing Oh, yeah. And the whole time the tension's building, you think that they don't want to get the bullet, but they really do. They Cause- really do, because apparently somebody is upstairs and or at, it sounds like a beast of some sort is upstairs or something. Yeah, or so something. It, yeah. So he's was- actually doing a mercy killing on his girlfriend wife by shooting her, which your, your impression is that he did her dirty by shooting her. But come to find out there is something that they actually don't want to deal with upstairs and they're playing this game to get out of it. No, they really loved each other. I was kind of touching a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I liked a four, like you said, four out of five. Yeah. I kind of had like a weird vibe. I started like going on the deep end about it because I might've smoked a bowl before I watched this. And like, I went down this like tailspin of being like Austria I thought about like Hitler. I thought about, you know, I thought about maybe it was like a Nazi thing, like, you know, kind of like an Anne Frank thing where like they're hiding. Nazis are going to get them, even though it wasn't that. It was obviously like a beast and sounded more animalistic upstairs. I took it as like a play on Nazi. 
well, it's easy to think that when we when you live in America like we do, where we're kind of indoctrinated by, we're not indoctrinated with so much uh, culture from from Europe, especially that part of Europe where you you kind of associate them with that one thing. But I I totally get that. Yeah, I got to where I started thinking about like the whole play on it being like Austrian. They're hiding in a basement, and obviously they're trying to escape something like horrific. And I just went there with it. <laughs> no, I like it. All right. Um. S is for split, which I also gave a solid four stars. Same Z's from Spain, believe it or not. And I didn't get that. I, I mean, not that there would be any reason to get that vibe, but I would not have guessed Spain. They even say in the in the sorry in the short uh, that they're in London. So yeah, and I just didn't even equate it with Spain, but I read, did read that on uh, on Wikipedia. Husband's on a business trip in France. Uh, he calls his wife, uh, Miriam, in London, and um, basically while on the phone, an intruder breaks in uh, while they're on the phone with a hammer. And so um, Robert is listening to his wife basically fight off this intruder. And basically you hear the fact that she dies over the phone through being bludgeoned to death with this, like, this I don't know what kind of hammer is that the ball uh yeah ball peen hammer yeah, yeah the ball peen hammer which is the most like, disturbing hammer to me but like yeah just bashed bash bash you see her fall on the step she gets a compound fracture which again is another thing that is hard to watch but yeah, yeah uh so um she's let you also see the intruder go up to the nursery where the baby is crying you see the intruder also not on screen but it's the impression that this intruder killed the baby as well um, as the wife is laying there with the phone that she was listening to her husband with was pressing against her face, the intruder picks the phone up, takes off their mask. It's revealed that it's a woman. And she's like, can I speak to my husband? And the reveal is that, you know, Miriam's husband and this intruder's husband are having a, basically a gay affair together. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of an interesting little twist. Yeah, I thought this was really good. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. I thought it was executed well. I had the feeling that because they were on the phone together, I was going in the path of feeling like the reveal was that the husband uh, commissioned this hit. I was going down that path for a minute. I'm like, did he plan this? Was he trying to kill her and making sure that it happened? But I was actually pleasantly surprised to find something different. Yeah, totally. It was good. So, ladies, when your when your husband, mm-hmm. you know, is messing around with another guy, just don't go brutally murder the guy's family. Yeah, it was it was an, it was intense too. It was good. Yeah, it was a tense segment. I like it. And also, like, went there with killing the baby too. <laughs> That's like intense too. I don't like that, but I know I just can't even believe that. Like, it was like you're even like during Halloween killed. I don't think Michael Myers even killed the baby in the crib. Yeah, even Michael, <laughs> even right. Michael Myers didn't do that. Um, T is for torture porn. Um, and again, uh, what, what, what was this? Which which country was this based out of? Okay, Canada. Okay. Uh, I should say that the the back quarter is pretty Canada heavy. This one, the main character is Umi. I, I read, and um, she's being filmed by a group of like misogynistic, like abusive filmmakers for obviously sort of like you know deep, like dark web kind of porn that's going on. 
and they, you know, they degrade her, strip her down, um, like literally and figuratively. Uh, and uh, one of them goes, oh my God, is that a penis? Because there was some sort of like activity under her skirt. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it comes to the reveal is that she has tentacles like where her like clitoris vagina is. And she uses those tentacles to basically kill the filmmakers through various ways. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I gave this a three. You know what? I did as well. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Not- and it showed like, I had the impression that the one scene was like, she's penetrating the one. She's choking the other one. Like, I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was good to see a bunch of misogynistic pieces of shit getting destroyed. But and like just you know they're grabbing her, they're smacking her breasts, like they were just treating her like shit, and then like she comes back and basically gets revenge on them. Uh, then we go to you is for Utopia, and I gave this a, a four. Oh Canada! Oh Canada! <laughs> I gave it five. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was only I was teetering with this one as well, but like. You know, a society where everyone's attractive, you know, perfect. You see this, like, you know, kind of, like, just, like, ill put together, kind of dumpy and, like, I guess, in comparative terms, sweaty. He just seems disheveled. He's making his way through, and you can just tell that everyone's looking at him like he doesn't belong. He doesn't belong. He doesn't belong. And um, he falls down the middle of what appears to be some sort of, like, mall kind of environment. He gets scanned and he gets labeled subnorm where this robot comes out and basically like puts him inside of him, like inside the robot. They incinerate him. And then all like the perfect people in this like utopia are all clapping for like, you know, getting rid of like these subnorm people. I know. I mean, great, great episode, but I hate the, the implications. I being a subnorm myself. Yeah. I was just, you know, you can, you know, you can kind of like break this down to any aspect of society of just like, you know, just have, have nots, you know, attractive versus, you know, not, I guess, like, I guess you say like mainstream attractiveness. It was just, it was good. Like social commentary short. This is exactly where society's heading. I believe. Yeah. Where everything is just based on just, you know, surface because there was nothing really good about, anybody particularly in the you know the norm category it was just focused on who was like subnorm oh yeah i forgot to mention torture porn was directed by the soska sisters have you heard of them no oh yeah they did american mary and dead hooker and trunk and see no evil 2 and the remake of rabid okay see no evil 2 i've definitely seen oh totally good flick yeah okay that's i thought it was pretty good Oh, yeah, and Utopia was directed by Vincenzo Natale, who did Cube. Okay, and I haven't seen Cube in, like, a while, so... But I do recognize the name of it, because I haven't seen it in forever. Oh, yeah. Um, V is for Vacation. I gave this one a solid four stars. Uh, it's kind of like found footage kind of thing. Uh, you know, Kurt is on vacation with his friend, he decides to go out to the, the balcony and video chat his girlfriend while he's on vacation with his friend Dylan. Uh, Dylan uh, takes the phone from his friend, kind of like in the same way as you would see like bros do, like 
you know, you're on front, you have the phone call with your girlfriend, you want to like fuck around with like, you know, yeah. tease him or whatever. And, but the funny thing is, is that when Dylan steals the phone from Kurt, he basically reveals they have like a room full of drugs and like sex workers. And they're like, just on this like bender in another country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And like, so of course the whole rest of the film is like Kurt saying it's not what you think and like trying to backpedal from his girlfriend, like watching and like and screaming at him and being in disbelief and doesn't know what to think. And Dylan, he's just like out of his mind. He wants to show like a trick with a screwdriver with one of the workers that he was doing last night. Um, It's a mother and daughter and it's the mother that he's fucking with. Yeah, the mother who was like passed out on the bed. And Kurt, who comes in kind of all guns blazing hot, because obviously his girlfriend's on the phone pissed. He smacks the daughter, you know, and freaks out to get the phone back, but basically he smacks the hell out of the daughter. So the daughter's screaming and crying, which sets the mom off, you know, and you know, Kurt runs out to the balcony again to have like some quiet time to his girlfriend again, talk her down. And Dylan's banging on the glass of the sliding glass door saying, hey, you know, still causing a ruckus. But you're watching in the background, one of, one of the women, the mother, has the screwdriver and he comes up on Dylan and she just stabs him in the neck with the, with the screwdriver and pulls it out and there's just blood everywhere. Finally. Yes. And, uh, you know, Kurt's on the phone, freaking out. Uh you know, Amber, I guess the the the, uh, the girlfriend on the phone equally freaked out by what she's saying. The daughter's crying and screaming of the mother who just committed the murder. It's pandemonium. He, Kurt finally opens the sliding glass door. The mother kind of approaches him with the with the camera. Or I'm sorry, with the, with the camera with the with the screwdriver, which causes him to flip over the balcony to his death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you see the mom who's just naked, nude the entire time. Now she's covered in blood. The daughter is in hysterics. And she the mother bends down to the phone where Amber, the girlfriend's on there, hysterically, you know, do you speak English? And she just goes, No, and she covers the phone. <laughs> I, I love it. It's kind of escalated, doesn't it? Like it's Yeah, it's just funny. It's oddly believable i don't know why like the interaction between dylan and kurt is believable and every day in the regards of how friends treat each other especially when they're around the uh, civic and others like they teach each other carry on so it was believable in that aspect i liked it a lot it's canadian but they kind of come off as like american broies you know what i mean yeah like yeah it it was it was good it was fun it was different um it's basically all my fears rolled into one (laughs) like traveling abroad sometimes i'm always like you know you want to have like fun like uh remember me i talk about going to amsterdam a lot and going like let's explore let's do red light district let's do this let's do that and it's like but I don't want to get trapped in some sort of like situation. <laughs> I get worried about. <laughs> Not that I would, but I feel like that's just my shit luck. Yeah, I would definitely <laughs> get murdered with a screwdriver while I'm. <laughs> you know, things get out of hand, and it'd be my one time that I decide to go like balls to the wall, and then this would be my story. <laughs> Absolutely. This next one may be <laughs> my favorite segment of both movies. <laughs> really and i gave this one a two but i i had a feeling you were gonna like this one 
Because it's very like eighties, nineties, like style He-Man commercial kind of thing. Yeah, it starts out the boys are playing with, <laughs> with their action figures. Yeah, they're like in the they're playing with their action figures. It seems like it's like almost like this like commercial for like, you know, kind of like a He-Man character kind of thing. But the boys get transported into the universe of this, you know, this toy, and they're trying to navigate it. Uh, one yeah. of the boys gets killed. One of the boys gets rescued by the main, you know, character, the hero. I forgot what his name was, but yeah, they're like, I wish Mr. We... I thought it was like Mr. Fantasy or something like uh, similar to that. Yeah, I think they said like, I wish we could help Mr. Fantasy, and then <laughs> transports them into the middle of a bloody war. Mr. Fantasy, who seems like a very old, broke down Hulk Hogan. Yes. <laughs> okay, so like it's like the worst idea of a Mr. Fantasy you would have. The antithesis of fantasy. Yeah, it got super 80s and... And kind of weird and like... Like, okay, so uh, it was weird in the aspect, okay, the one kid dies. The other kid gets saved by Mr. Fantasy, who he refers... Mr. Fantasy refers to the kid as to the kid as princess, which yeah. I do not understand that. Puts him in a knapsack and they run off. They they ride off into the sunset on a, on a bug. Yep, I think the implication <laughs> may not be may or may not be that kid's getting fucked, and I don't want to say that. Yes, he- it's kind of like rapey and weird. Yeah, I know. It's just this. It's out of its mind. Yeah, and like, I and I started watching. And like, oh my gosh, this is like every classic like '80s commercial for an action figure I've ever seen. Like, you know, oh, you know, play. You know, you show kids playing at home or playing in your yard, and like the kids are like Mr. Fantasy, and like they're all like super happy about it and like engaged. The gentleman who directed this is Steve Kostansky. And you, I, I'll run his movies by you. Let me know if you hear of any of them because I think they did Father's Day for Troma, and then they did The Void and Psycho Goreman. I think Psycho Goreman sounds familiar. Yeah, it's on Shutter. It's one of the best Shutter originals ever. But if you didn't like this, you probably won't like. That. <laughs> I I feel like I I've, I've seen that one though. Oh, maybe you liked it. Yeah, but again, like this was just like, I think the part that that threw me off with this this short was calling the boy princess. Yeah, because <laughs> I just didn't get that, and also this guy is disturbing. He looks like a like you know first generation like WWF wrestler who may have came back thirty years later for a reprisal because he should not, but he should not have been. He's wearing like wrestling like wrestling boxer briefs. He does kind of look like Ric Flair. <laughs> just like this like defunct wrestler. <laughs> just kind of vibe to him. And I just, I was trying to, I, I bet, I thought it was interesting, but it was just like freaky in some aspects to me. If I gave it a five, you gave it a two. That's the biggest gap in the That is the biggest gap, yes. Canada. Um, <laughs> was it Canada? Yep. Oh my gosh. And like yep. Canada's super big. Someone where this came out of. Oh, don't worry. We're going to France next. X is for xylophone, which I gave a five. This. Oh yeah, this one's terrific. Uh, grandmother is like chilling out, <laughs> listening to her. Um, I would just say record player, but you know, it was the think of the word for it. But she's chilling and listening to that, and her granddaughter is on the floor, 
just like beating the hell out of a xylophone to yeah. where like it's just making the grandmother just like beside herself while she's like trying to the vibe and chill and relax and you just see the grandmother is slowly breaking down by the the daughter's the granddaughter's incessant beating of the xylophone so it shows that like, the parents coming back which i suppose that the grandmother was like watching the granddaughter the parents are back for their like their night in the town or wherever they were and they stop dead in their tracks. They they see the music's playing, like the the, the record player is still going. But as they pan to the room, the grandmother is on the floor, over what is a demolished body, and she's playing the xylophone on her granddaughter's like ribs. Well, when you put it like that, it sounds fucked up. <laughs> it is just like, but I think this is like an amazing short. Oh yeah, four out of five. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it, and I loved it because, like, even just like I don't have kids of my own, but watching kids, watching relatives, there's times they just push you to that limit. And I mean, like the age bracket where like they're inconsolable, or they're just like out of control, or you're like, oh my goodness, like it's taking all your all your patience to like to just be mellow and bring down the room a little bit and it just is so funny to me the humor of it is that you just see her just kill her granddaughter and she's playing the xylophone just calmly on the floor on her her granddaughter's bones for some reason that was humorous to me at some point yeah darkly darkly yes very dark humor (laughs) good segment yeah um why is for youth um I gave this one a four, a little bit different in the regards to like a little bit more deep. Um, a girl is like composing a letter to her, uh, um, her parents talking about all the ways that she feels like they like fucked up with her. And, uh, and she kind of like each time she talks about how each parent kind of like could have did more or could have did better. It showed scars on her wrists where she might have been a cutter as a result and deal with the, the pain of that. And um, at the end, it showed that she was really going to go through with it and just kill herself because she just couldn't deal with the, the, the issues with her parents. And she's like, you know what? No, fuck that. And she's going to be killing her parents instead. But all comedically, all done, not comedically, but all done in a way that like was poignant and illustrated the point of you know, showing this daughter going through all the problems that she had with her parents. No, I get, I get where you like it. I, I gave it a two out of five, but I just, I kind of thought it was just a little bit unclear. Okay, yeah, or like force fed because it was like the the themes were just like. I don't know. I did get to see a, a giant hamburger try to eat somebody. So <laughs> yes, that's fine with yeah. It's from Japan, obviously. Yes, again, Japan, which I also took it as a cultural thing because I feel like uh, just through what you hear about the expectations put on like Japanese children and like excelling oh. and and being everything, I can see that this could probably be a, a commentary on their social situation. And isn't like, um, aren't elders like sacred over there? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like they're seen as different, held in a different regard, you know. And I didn't, you know, again, when we have our issues with like these, it's usually with Japanese or 
heavily cultural things like remember the one from Nigeria where kind of like okay but it could have just been a cultural thing we just didn't really vibe with yeah not terrible just probably in my least favorite yes uh Z is for zygote which is the last one uh a pregnant woman is left by her husband and He's like, I'll be back. But he left this root for her to eat that helped prevent her to, like, give birth to the baby inside of her while he was gone. Uh, at some point of the, of the short, like, it's, like, 13 years later and the dude's not back yet. And she's a 13-year-old inside of her. <laughs> That's, like, talking to her and she's having conversations with. Yep. Uh, the root eventually runs out that prevents this, like, pregnancy from, like, maturing and basically the entity inside of her ends up just disemboweling her, breaking her bones and kind of like wearing her skin and kind of like taking over her body. Uh, the husband comes back like 13 years later and he, she's like, where have you been? He's like, don't start with me. Like almost like kind of like dismissing her for even asking like where he's been. It's been 13 years. Like you'd been gone for five minutes. Yeah. And um, she's like, well, I couldn't, you know, wait anymore. So I had to cut the baby out. And he's like, well, that's okay. We'll just like try again. You like this one? Um, I don't know if this one is hits different with like modern day things going on, but you're just like, I didn't it was break- like, yeah, it's just so fucking intense. Like you're like, okay. Uh, so he left her when she was pregnant and, I don't know really, I don't really know what the expectation was or where he went, but then like he magically shows up again and then she's not pregnant and he's like, well, we'll just try again. Like no big deal. And it's like, it was a very, it was just hard to watch a little bit, but like hard for me to disseminate what exactly they were going with it. You know? I think it's, I I think it's genius, but I, it just shows like the man is portrayed as like having some kind of a, dominion over his his wife and how she how her body i don't know it's hard to explain like it's like you said these days with roe v wade and yeah it just hits different you're like oh you're like so he kind of like gave you this route to control your pregnancy but then the route you know the route ran out so then you were you had to just deal with the repercussions of that and she did clean the house you know, got rid of all the remnants of the body and the the bowels and everything that was going on. She basically dumped it in the field. And then he comes, like, she's, the house is clean and immaculate. He comes back like nothing happened. And she's like, yeah, well, I gotta tell you this didn't work out. And he's like, oh, you know, no big deal. We'll just try again. Meanwhile, the horrific portion of it was all on her. Absolutely. And he yeah. was like a non-entity through the whole process. And you're just like, exactly. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah, it was like hard to watch. It made me melancholy a little bit. It's, yeah, it's more text than subtext, but at the same time, it's just so brilliantly done. I, I like- Yeah, it was really good. It actually, like, if this was, pra- it was just practical effects, I'm assuming, like, even the visual of having this giant mass on her stomach that she's talking with, and she's like, in the whole time, she's like talking to her like stomach, and she's like, 
don't leave me. You want to leave me like your dad left me. Don't leave me. Don't. And she's afraid to like, you know, let go of this thing inside of her, which should be let go of immediately. And it's like, you're watching her have this conversation with this unborn thing, you know, and it's, that's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's pretty dark, but it's, it's important. Oh yeah. I think this one's like, this one is like a surprise shock. It was a good one. It was definitely a good one. Yeah. Let me see. Canada. (laughs) Canada. I'm like, I'm a bridge away from Canada. That's how close I am from Michigan. Like we have uh, in Michigan, we're allowed to have enhanced licenses, which allow us to have, we show our birth certificate to get the license and we get an emblem on it that allows us to go over to Canada without a passport with our enhanced license. I would love that. I love Canada. Yeah. And we're literally a bridge away and the bridge is maybe like 10 miles away from us. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So it's a, it's a unique thing that our state allows uh, I've never heard of it because obviously I just moved here in December. So I'm like, what's an enhanced license? And you're like, oh, it allows you to transfer travel to Mexico and to Canada without passport because you get to show your, your your birth certificate to get it. But it's a really cool kind of thing that I didn't know existed, really, living in Philadelphia. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of ABC's A Death Part 2? Uh, I thought it was good. It first started out kind of slow for me. The second part of it, again, the second half of the alphabet, but the end really picked up. I think this one is better than the first one, not by a huge amount, but, but definitely, um, like noticeable, sizable. It was, it was, it it was definitely, I thought a a better composed storylines, less shock, less like, um, I feel like the first one was almost like trying to shock you. And this one had shocking things that were well-developed in the storyline. Oh yeah. It seems like it, it was more concerned kind of with having a good time than the first one. Yeah. The first one was like, good time. We're going to shock the hell out of you. Uh, this one had, I just think like more like the M one was amazing. Uh, humor, uh, poignant, just a touch more just developed, I think. It was it was really good. Are you you are eager to get back to standard though, right? I mean, it was not that I'm saying it was a slog, but it was like it was when you have to like watch it and remember all the twenty-six letters or even like half the alphabet, you're like, oh wait, like these are a lot of storylines and each having their cultural perspective and um a lot of the shorts of the show short that sometimes you feel like lost in it. I'm kind of interested to go back to the ones where there's like a more developed storyline a little bit, just a touch. I mean, just, you know, more traditional anthology, I guess, with like more composed stories. Okie dokie. We'll make, we'll, I'll tell you what we'll do then next week. We're going to make it your pick. Oh no. Oh, you don't want to pick? No, I just don't know. I don't know anthologies that well. I I have to like look at something and like. Tell me the kind of feel that you want that you'd like after these last two, and I'll see if I can find uh, something for you. Um, maybe not so. Uh, I don't know if I say off the wall. Like, what do I like? What's the word I would say for these? Like, ABCs of death are just like it. Like runs the gamut. Yeah, it's so esoteric. You probably kind of probably want some 
maybe with like a connector story like you know something with a nice like not that they're connected but you know how would you feel about covering the willies the willies you never heard of it i've heard of it but i don't i don't i'm not familiar at all i would go in completely dark so i would say sure just but i would i'm going in dark but i mean i trust that they're gonna be good well here's how tame it is okay it (laughs) released in 91 and it's aimed towards i would say kids but it's kind of a little bit mature for kids it's right but it kind of it's probably aimed at young teens is it through a streaming service so i'll be able to find this um you're gonna find it on tubi or youtube okay okay and and if not if by some miracle they take down every copy of it i'll I'll try to think of a backup plan as long as i can find it in some in some sort of like way i'm I'm no problem like oh no you will unfortunately it's one of those things where it's never been remastered so it kind of looks like garbage okay so is like easily accessible uh, I say that, and then we go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Every time I'm like, yeah, it should be on YouTube, or not, or Tubi, or not. or. <laughs> well, I'll definitely, I'm definitely at the game for that. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You too. You have a good night. You too.